Hey everybody, welcome to your off-week content for the Gimme the Loot podcast. This week, it's a rebroadcast of our DM explaining where we do an overview of spellcasting classes. This episode was born out of the ongoing conversation with our party's cleric about how to understand domain spells versus available spells for preparation versus spell slots. And we decided, what the heck, let's just talk about all the casters and hopefully that context would help. Just a reminder, this is an audio rebroadcast of a live stream, so the quality is not going to be as consistent as our pre-recorded play sessions, and these aren't edited at all, so there's a few more ums, ahs, pauses, things of that nature. Do want to announce really quickly that we are in the process of working on our Gimme the Belt charity streaming event. This will be a three-on-three single elimination bracketed PvP tournament consisting of the Party of Five and other podcasts and streams from the community. We'll probably be running signups for about another week or two. So if you are a, another D&D podcast or streamer out there and you or your friends want to participate either as a team competing or as a guest DM, we would absolutely love to have you reach out to us on socials at gmdlcast.com or you can email me at dm for dungeon master at gmdlcast.com we'll have all that information in the show notes below this will be a fundraising event to help games to grow a fantastic non-profit organization that does some amazing things with dungeons and dragons and other role-playing games We'll be posting more specifics up on socials as we get a little bit deeper into the process and finally get some dates short up. We're shooting for late October right now. We've got some early commitments from some really cool people in the community that we're really excited to do some stuff with. And I can't wait to see what we do to help the organization and the winning team's going to walk away with their very own custom championship belt. Our next campaign episode will release September 7th as Moyle revisits his childhood home. In the meantime, our Patreon supporters are going to get to enjoy some bonus content as the guys level up to level six and what went into the choices they made when they leveled. You can go over to patreon.com forward slash GMDLcast to see what else you can get for supporting the party of five. Just to wrap up, Gimme the Loot and all its streaming shows are not family-friendly content due to a mix of profanity, crude humor, and occasional violence and gore. Although really, less violence and gore on the stream. Thanks, and hope you enjoy the rebroadcast of the show. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of DM Planning Live. This week we're talking about the different types of spellcasting classes, uh, kind of a surface level conversation. Obviously there is a lot of depth to different spellcasting rules, but if we were in a scenario where a wizard with his spellbook walked up to a fight, a cleric with his holy symbol walked up to a fight, a druid with his, I don't know, stick walked up to a fight, uh, a ranger with his bow and arrows, and a paladin with his holy sword. All of them can cast spells, but all in a slightly different and magical way. So we wanted to talk a little bit about that on this episode of DM Splaining, Spellcasters, the different kinds, how do they work? Joining me this week are... Uh, Moyle Mossberg. Just Moyle, huh? Uh... This is Jamie. I play Eldrin, and I'm the resident angry gamer here. 
This is Jazz. I play Fate on the Gimme the Loop podcast. And I'm Anthony, and I play Baba. Okay, so uh, we're going to jump right into this uh, with Wizards. Uh, and since Fate is our expert, uh, Fate, you want to start us off with, uh, or at least you play somebody who thinks he's an expert. I don't know if you personally that, believe that that's, you're an expert. That's or, fair. Yeah. So. I, I play I play a doctor on TV. Um, so wh- where where do we want to start with wizard spellcasting? It's all about the preparation, man. Like that's really that's really where we're at. Well, let's let's take it through the different categories. First of all, let's let's talk a little bit about cantrips, and this is something that I think is universal again across most of the spell true pure spellcasting classes. Um, your hybrid classes like your paladins and rangers, I don't believe have access to cantrips unless they pick pick a specific fighting style. Like, I think one of the paladin fighting styles gives them access to it. But generally, as a rule of thumb, cantrips, talk about what cantrips are. So, cantrips are a rollover, as far as I believe, from um, the at will abilities from fourth edition. Um, They were a nice way to give, um, to save wizards from being completely useless after they burned all their spell slots. So, I mean, in in earlier editions, at least as far as I played, you generally had more spell slots, but the weaker spell slots generally became kind of uh, useless once you got into higher levels. So casting the first level spell once you hit like, you know, 10th level became worth nothing. They gave the cantrips a nice scaling mechanic that allowed you that at will ability to continue to, you know, be worth the damn once you burned all your big bad, big bad spells. So, Um, yeah, going back to like first and second edition, if you were a first level wizard, you could cast one spell. And then you had a D4 hit die, uh, or what, like four hit points, uh, and, and a dagger and a bathrobe. And that was it until you rested for the day. Cantrips are a huge deal for the pure spellcasting classes to, to allow them to stay relevant throughout the duration of, a, of an adventure. And the fact that they scale, um, again, kind of adds to an element to that. So with, as a wizard, you start with three cantrips from the wizard spell list? I want to say it's four. Yeah, in first edition, everybody else was playing D&D. Wizards were playing Dark Souls. (laughs) (laughs) Very much so. Um, Uh, I want to say that that really doesn't change up until now because third edition was not nice to wizards either. Yeah. Um, I didn't play any wizards in fourth, so I couldn't, I can't speak on that experience. Yeah, I'm I'm just now kind of, um, and, and part of it is for this, I went ahead and bit the bullet and um, b- purchased uh, editions of the, uh, each edition of the player's handbook so I can start cross-referencing the individual rules across it. Because again, first edition and second edition I've got a, a ton of experience with, but third and fourth I have significantly less and, and almost none or, or none in a lot of cases with fourth. Um, the and just dipping into the way that the fourth edition worked. Yeah, still I can understand why people don't like it. Um, yeah. So cantrips are uh, a, a are spells that are typically a little bit weaker. They come in damage and utility varieties, um, and can be used um, either as an action or a bonus action as many times as you want yeah. throughout the course of a long rest. Yeah. Um, which the the next I think signature component of withered spellcasting would be the spellbook. Yes. So wizards have 
have taught themselves magic. They are not beings who have gained their access to magic in the ways that uh, your what would traditionally be referred to as like divine casters, your clerics, your druids, who draw their power from their gods or from nature. Uh, wizards literally have to sit down and figure out how to make magic work. And then so they once they figured out one or two spells, they jot those down into a big spell book. And those are what they use to prepare themselves for the world. Um, you start off with a certain number of spells based on your wizard level and your intelligence modifier. Um, so, you know, the smarter you are, the more spells you figured out. And, you know, mm, well, at first level, you have a spell book containing six first six. level. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I'm, I'm talking spell. about the preparation of spells. Let's, let's get into that because the spell book yeah. will come back. So, the, the way this kind of breaks up is cantrips, I think, which we've kind of touched on whether or not, and we'll, we'll talk about whether or not they have them. Um, what your your primary source of magic is, how you prep and cast spells, and then how yeah. you get more spells. Because I think those are the fundamental differences. A spell slot, we're not going to do, and this is really about the classes today, not so much spell slots and upcasting and yeah. the different versions of spells or different spell lists. That's more of a uh, kind of a mechanical uh, conversation almost. So we'll, we'll kind of focus on that potentially okay. when we do like a, a real spell casting slash combat deep dive. This gotcha. is more like what's the difference between a cleric and a wizard from how they get and, and earn and, and build uh, their spells. So yeah. talk about talk about preparing and casting spells as a wizard. Uh, preparing spells is I have to study every night for the exam that is life tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, um, I, I've got my notes that I've taken from class that I've, you know, kept in my book. And then it's like, okay, the test tomorrow, I think it's going to have, you know, some people who are, you know, uh, resistant to fire. So I should probably take that out and maybe get some ice magic in, in here. And um, there's probably going to be somebody with a sword trying to stab me in the face. So let me make sure I've got my, uh, my mage armor ready and my shield up. And I suck at everything. So let me make sure I've got bread and butter magic missile on here. And hopefully I don't die. Um, so your spell book contains the 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 totality of that individual wizard's arcane knowledge, and then right. every day prior to that, you pick a number of spells which is equal to your intelligence modifier plus your wizard, wizard level. level. Yes. Uh, so a so if you have a what's the what's the intelligence modifier for an eighteen intelligence? Uh, Anybody? Four. Four. So, yeah. if uh, you've got a 18 intelligence, you would be able at first level. Uh, proficiency modifier at first level is one, right off the rip, or is it start at two? Somebody tell me. It's Anthony, two. it's two. Two. All right. So at first level, then you'd be able to prepare six spells. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So here's the question I have for you as a wizard that that, that is a little bit. Um, isn't necessarily clear cut in the book. I, I can prepare six spells. So is that six different spells or is that I have to prepare a magic missile three times or how does that work? So it's six different spells. You can have up to that many number of spells prepared. It's not that you have to prepare a magic missile to cast it three times that day. It's just mm -hmm. I've got magic missile prepped and I've got, you know, whatever, ever, whatever combination of spells that I have available to me, I can prepare up to that many and then from there, I then decide which one of them I'm actually going to use my spell slots on. Okay. And uh, intelligence is the wizard's spell casting Absolutely, ability, correct? Absolutely, yes. And what and what does that determine? <coughs> Whether or not I'm going to choke. You. Thank you. Um, so intelligence determines my to hit. Um, it helps determine my DC for uh, the DC against my spells whenever I have a spell or cast a spell that has a save for the character or for the target that I'm casting it at. 
And uh, that's generally about it as far as the spell casting itself goes. We've already kind of touched on what else those are touching on as far as did preparation we, goes. Did we miss DC on our on no, our? I'm going down. The, yeah, di- uh, difficulty class. I think we actually did. Yeah, believe yeah. it or not. <laughs> man. Somebody should have brought that up. Uh, D, so uh, DC uh, is a difficulty class. And what that is, is that's a number that you have to roll higher than to succeed on a task. For diffi- So a difficulty task and a skill check would be, if I have a DC 15 acrobatics check, that means I have to roll a 15 or higher. Uh, after I have to achieve a 15 or higher on my dice roll plus my bonus whether that's proficiency skill whatever so uh, if i roll a 10 and i have a plus five bonus i would hit that 15 difficulty class tie goes to the player in a lot of instances um in some cases it's not uh armor class is a very specific type of difficulty class i see you tony i'm adding you in here now our our uh druid is coming in what anthony uh, did you mute yourself hang on yeah there he is uh, joining us is Tony, who uh, plays Kegelor the Druid on our Tournament of Champions content uh, and was uh, a, 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 the Druid uh, in my previous podcast, uh, Life, uh, over at Frozen Players. Um, so with, uh, with difficulty class, as it pertains to spells, is your spell save DC. So if you have a spell save DC of 15, the person you are casting a spell at has to get a 15 or higher on the die to succeed. Correct. Uh, for wizards, your starting spell save DC is 8 plus your proficiency bonus plus your intelligence modifier, correct? Yes. So that's that's pretty much that that proficiency bonus plus your intelligence modifier, that same number that determines how many spells you've got, also goes into that base level of how powerful your spells are in a lot of instances. Uh, so, sorry, if, if I, I thought I heard you say that. I don't think the proficiency modifier goes into the number of spells you get to prep. I think it's just the wizard level and then your you're, you're absolutely right. Hang on, let's go back. Let's scroll back up. Preparing and casting spells. You're absolutely right. Intelligence yeah. modifier plus your wizard level. You're absolutely right. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, there is a little bit of a difference in that. Um, your spell attack modifier. What's a, what's a spell attack modifier? So, spell attack modifier is similar to like being proficient with a weapon. Mages don't, you know, don't generally attack with a lot of weapons so we're proficient with our magic and so what you get is on a spell attack modifier you get your add your proficiency bonus plus your intelligence modifier to spells that require an attack roll some spells are cast as a melee attack some spells are cast as a ranged attack and so depending on where that's at or you know you have to be within range of your attack and then you make your spell attack with adding your spell attack modifier to the roll yeah, there's there's two mechanics. There's the spell attack and the spell save. Yes. The spell attack, you as the wizard would roll and add your spell attack modifier. Correct. The spell save, your opponent rolls against based off of the number set by your spell DC. Correct. So ritual casting, how does it work? Um, ritual casting is great for um, if there are certain spells throughout the uh spell list that have the tag ritual that allow me to cast it basically for free but it takes me like i want to say a minimum of 10 minutes to prepare and right. sit down to the side and cast that spell so it's really great for like small i would say or not smaller spells but just uh spells that are a little bit less combat oriented like identify as a great ritual spell that you know any bread and butter wizard should probably be carrying around on them. Um, you know, as you come across either a magic item or maybe need to try and figure out something about what's going on around you, uh, ritual spells kind of fill that uh, more role play oriented uh, 
device within mages. Yeah, there's a lot of utility in those. <clears throat> like detect magic is one that can be ritual cast. There's a lot of stuff that yeah. can be ritual cast that it's not. It's you know, hey, look, I, it, it help will help carry the story along. There's a utility piece to it. Um, but uh, and then spell casting focuses versus uh, components. You want to touch on that real quick? Um, the question is, how deep do you want to role play your character? Because um, components are. You know, they're they're the spells. A lot of the spells have a small list of like things yeah. that your wizard should have on them to be able to prepare or cast certain spells. You know, they give you an idea of, you know, basically. I don't know if anybody remembers the uh, the old Jackie Chan Adventures cartoon. Vaguely. When Uncle would I, go to I, doing I, his yeah. chant, he would like grab like a little lizard and like have something else like a bell in his hand. He'd be you move way way if I yeah yeah. So that was basically uh, his spell casting components. Well. You've got those, or you can opt for a spell casting focus, similar to like you know a mage's wand or a, a, a jewel or an ankh or something that you allow to that you kind of focus your magic powers through instead of having those components to kind of channel those out. So if you want to simplify down, not having to carry around like you know a bunch of bags on you that have a bunch of different things that you have to pull out, like the uh, the Batman uh, what's it the utility belt utility belt yeah. yeah. Um, instead of doing that, you just go with a spell casting focus and kind of yeah, you could spell. you could for example have an onk whose shaft you aggressively rub <laughs> as the situation requires, or tug, or stroke, or um, or flick, or flick. Yeah, and a case slap if it's a little bit saucy. I mean, um, and onk has an onk has a hole a hole that he hasn't even dealt with yet. Oh my god! Oh, <laughs> oh no, that's true. That's true. Oh fuck. <laughs> That not, is not oh. anymore. Oh, that's where, oh, that's where oh, Faith oh, Sock. Oh, well, never mind. Yeah. I'm not going to spoil it. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so that that uh, the the other kind of core component to spellcasting, and this isn't just uh, wizards. This is the spellcasting classes and the hybrid classes that have access to spellcasting as a whole yeah. are spell slots. Um, spell slots uh, are basically the resource you use to cast spells, and they are different. From they are leveled, like you'll have level one spell slots, level two spell slots, level three spell slots, and it's a resource that's completely independent from your memorized spells, which can be a little bit confusing sometimes. And we'll see that a little bit when we talk about our next spell casting class, which is the clerics. So, uh, real quick, I'm gonna throw to the panel, uh, start and kind of go around the horn here to see if you guys have any questions about. Uh, how well, wizards work. Moyle, do you have any questions about wizards? Keeping in mind you're up next for clerics, so it's if it's specifically a comparison to your your cleric spellcasting, uh, we'll get to that in a second. I did have a question about how you're able to hold your spells if it's a limit, like a number of spells you can only hold at one time. Like I understand it takes time to learn them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to go to certain places, certain libraries, pay money if not necessary. But yeah. let's say you went to, you know, the Hall of Alexandria. Mm -hmm. Could you be a first level and just maybe you can't cast them at like a 10th level or anything, but you could cast every spell? Or is it like uh, you can only have so many spells on you at a time regardless? I know you kind of touched on it, but. Got you. So I think what you're asking is like how many spells the wizard can have in their spell book. Is that what mm -hmm. you're getting at? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so. Yes. And also available to them in uh, on a day to day. So, two so there's, yeah, yeah, there's 
there's two different things and okay. uh, hit the spell book piece first, Jess, because that's, that really yeah. is the signature difference between a wizard and the other spellcasting classes. Right. So that's kind of where the power balance shifts between wizards and like Turner was saying, all the rest of the spellcasters, because wizards have this gigantic range of spells that they can cast. Whereas, and so because of that, there's no limit to how many spells they can get in their spellbook, right? Like as long as they can learn it, or as long as they can gain access to it and can copy it into the spellbook successfully, they have the ability to cast it eventually. Like, you know, say for some reason I get a ninth level spell at the beginning of the game. Well, I won't be able to cast it till I hit the proper level for it, but I can have it in my book. Okay. Right? Mm, well, right. that's not necessarily true. So according to the player's handbook, uh, it, when a wizard of spell uh, finds a spell of first level or higher, they can add it to their spell book if it's of a level that you can prepare right. and if you can spare the time to decipher and copy it. So you, he could have every single first level. If Let's say you're a first level wizard and you can only cast first level spells. You could have every single first level spell right. in your spell book assuming you had access to add it to your spell book, but you couldn't add a second level spell to your spell book until you were able to prepare, which is effectively cast, second level spells. Which would mean that he's reached second level. Uh, actually, it would be third level at that point. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah. That, that that is another kind of confusing thing about <laughs> spell slots in general. The spell slots that you have access to don't necessarily correlate to the level of your individual character. So you have to hit fifth level. You have to hit fifth level before you get access to third level spells. So, bruh, man, from the fifth level. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, uh, the, what are you uh, doing here? Gina's here. No. Get out of here. Well, sorry. Uh, so, so that that availability of what they've got in their book determines what they have to pick from when they pick what spells they're going to prepare for the day, right. which is a limited resource based off of their wizard level and their intelligence modifier. Yeah. So that to answer that question, there's potentially an unlimited amount of spells that a mage could have, although, you know, there's still a limited number of spells out there, but potentially the spell, the mages could have all the spells, right? Yeah. But then they have their uh, number of spells that can be prepared that they have prepared, which is what we were touching on earlier, as far as, you know, that's determined by your wizard level and your intelligence modifier. <clears throat> those are your spell slots? No, those are the number of spells you can prepare. prepare. Oh, like, prepare. okay. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So, so you can have 30 first level spells in your book as right. a first level wizard. Gotcha. Right. But w with an 18 intelligence, you would only be able to prepare five of those 30 during a single long rest. And then the next day you'd have to pick a different five. Does that answer your question, Andrew? Uh, yes. Yeah, so, but there is a limit on spell slots, right? Yeah, spell, yes. Again, spell slots is completely different. So there's the spells that you have available to pick from the total number of spells that you can pick from for the day. And then there's the resource or spell slots are the resource that you have to cast those spells from your chosen prepared spells. So it's the totality of your arcane knowledge versus the amount of arcane knowledge that you've prepared for that day versus the number of times that you can access that knowledge in a specific function. If that right. makes sense. Uh, another thing, Oh, another thing to touch on with wizards that I don't see happen a lot, but 
they are actually able to lose their book. Yep. Like I actually was going to be lost or destroyed. I was just going to point out to that. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's that the, you know, the, the advantage of being a wizard is you don't have to wait till you level up to get new spells. You just got to go find them, which yeah. is why jazz always talks about finding new spells. Um, the disadvantage <laughs> is if I burned that book, um, jazz can't cast spells anymore. But there is the exception there. of my cantrips. Mm. There, there is, there is a limiting factor amongst everyone, right? Where you said that wizards can't um, get future spells, right? Like he's a first level, he can't record second level or higher spells into like, his book. Yeah, he right. can't put more powerful spells in until he can prepare them, right? So if right. he found a scroll of like a wish scroll right now, he would not, which is like a ninth level spell, yeah. he wouldn't be able to copy that into his spell book until he got access to ninth level spells until he got ninth level spell slots which is like level 15 ish somewhere in there like it's not level nine for sure right um, but that's is, uh 17 but that's 17. something that keeps uh, everyone who uses spells kind of on even on an even plane yeah it's a balance mechanic it absolutely yeah. is and it's meant to like again wizards have the advantage on uh from level to level but clerics have the advantage in druids from day to day because you guys have, and we'll we'll touch on this a little bit as we get into yeah uh, when we when we go up to you next um, whether or not the the variety of spells that you can prepare. So um, cool, Jamie. Any questions about wizards? Well, I was going to ask what would happen if you uh, got mugged and like someone took your spell book, but uh, apparently that's been answered already. Uh, yeah, so I do have another question. I do have another question. Um, so quit, let's quit say, trying to make me take Fate's spell book, guys. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to. I explicitly gave him a durable spell book as a magic item during the Feywild adventure just to curb every instinct I would have for the cool storytelling option of fate being without spells. Mm. Don't make, don't make, don't do it. I'm sorry, go ahead. Uh, <laughs> so let's say that like we find ourselves in a situation that fate has, uh, fate has not adequately prepared for. And like he, he's like, man, I really picked some shitty spells. Like everything in here is fire and I have all ice spells prepared or something like that. Mm -hmm. Everything's resistant. Uh, is there any way you can like, take some sort of time and re-prepare your spells or are you just screwed for the day? Um, there is a mechanic for that. And I Arcane recovery. That's so, the one. Yeah. So there is, um, during a short rest, you can, um, basically he'd have to burn, he'd have to burn off a couple of spell slots, just mm -hmm. cast those fire spells into the air. Uh, I mean, again, we could argue it. Uh, and then once per day, when you finish a short rest, you can choose expended spell slots to recover. These spell slots have a combined level that is equal to or less than half your wizard level rounded up. Uh, one of the few times that things round up in D&D. &D. Uh, and none of these slots can be 6th level or higher. For example, if you're a 4th level wizard, you can recover 2 levels worth of spell slots, which would be 2 uh, 1st level spells or 1 2nd level spell. Yeah. So, and that's during a short rest. So a very very much a, a limited ability to capture that back. During a long rest, you can completely swap them out. Um, but yeah, what spells you have prepped can, can screw you. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, that, so yeah, that doesn't help in Jamie's situation. No, like, yeah, no, it's just no. getting the spells stuck with, night, but it doesn't change out which spells I have prepared yeah, for the day. Correct. No, yeah. No, no, no. He's still stuck with all fire spells. Inside oh, yeah, no, I see what you're saying. Yeah, inside the fire new cave. You're absolutely <laughs> right. Yeah, and I'm talking about small slots and we're talking about press spells. Yeah, he would, yeah, yeah he'd be pretty boned. Uh, mm-hmm. Let me write that down. That sucks. Whoa. <laughs> All right, uh, Tony, have you got any questions for our resident wizard? I was just going to ask if we wanted to touch on uh, upcasting at all. We Let's hold that to the end because, again, it's something that kind of gets into – I think that's a, almost a combat uh, within the context of expending your spell slots conversation. Yeah. Um, and I just I want to kind of focus on the differences between classes. Um, sure. Because that, yeah, so yeah, so what somebody's talking about is you guys, there's different levels of spell slots, and there are different types of spells that you can cast more powerfully. Um, but that's a we have to then kind of get in and explain individual spells. And since we're kind of targeting 90 minutes, I wanted to hold that to the end, um, after we get through as many of the classes as we can. So, sure. um, anything else? Maybe hmm? we want to touch on, um, any of the, um, Types of no, well, I was I was thinking subclasses, but like the types of magic because yeah. they apply more to wizards than they do to anyone else. Yeah, th- there are eight schools of magic. Yeah, schools yeah, which ones? Yeah, 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 eight. Yeah, so there's eight schools of magic, um, and uh, yeah, that's kind of a subclass thing for wizards, and that's one of the things I said kind of in the in back uh, backstage beforehand. Backstage beforehand um, is there are a bunch of different subclasses that give um, like rogues and fighters acts, uh, let them become spellcasters. There are uh, uh, feats which give you access to cantrips or additional cantrips. Again, we're just trying to keep this base level possible. And as we kind of circle back around at the end, if we have time to dip in that, we will. Um, with with well, the, there's a not there's nine schools. You're forgetting, okay. old, you're forgetting old school. That's true. I was forgetting. I was forgetting old school. Um, the uh, yeah. I, I am working on crafting uh, new avant-garde skills, uh, schools of magic for fate to come up against uh, nemocracers who make fun <laughs> of people, illusionists uh, who just make references to everything, um, uh, provokers, which is talk a bunch of shit. So there is uh, some of uh, a spoiler for a future in Fate's Arc. The uh, avant avant-garde schools of magic will be uh, giving him some some I, hell in the future. I mean, just let's not forget the Dick Magic School. Dick oh, Wizardry is its own I, okay, separate thing. It. it it sits in a space in between the divine and arcane magic. Gotcha. Um, which <laughs> more towards divine though. As, which now is a perfect time to bring it up. As we transition to talk about uh, Moyle and clerics, um, the there are really two groups of spellcasting classes in general: the arcane spellcasters and the divine spellcasters. Uh, divine spellcasters, their uh, their uh, magical powers are somewhat come come from external sources, and respect that they're granted by a deity or the, a deity or their connection with nature or through a nature deity. Um, and then arcane spellcasters, which are traditionally seen as uh, somebody who is uh, studying magic or using arcane knowledge that's given to them. In the case of wizards and bards, or in the cases of sorcerers, they just stumble ass backwards, Kramer style, into being magical, or warlocks, they fuck a demon. So, um, uh, or a fae, or a, a old one, whatever. Uh, but anyway, they, they are trading, uh, they have bonded to an eldritch being to get uh, superpowers. Uh, so, Moyle, let's talk a little bit about clerics and cleric spellcasting. Okay. Uh, cantrips, uh, pretty much the same thing between uh, wizards and clerics. 
Um, you uh, you've got your cantrips at the uh, that you kind of what what ca- what cantrips does does Moyle have access to? I have uh, thaumaturgy and you know um, like speak to the dead. That might mm-hmm. be actually that might be hold the dead. I think is what you've got. Hold, which is hold really the dead. Yeah, which Excuse is really interesting. One. Um, uh, let's see, uh, mending and I should have pulled up my character sheets that I had already because I have a this poor memory. Yeah, and those, uh, the, the, and you can kind of get an example from those three of the utility versus attack spell. So Toll the Dead is a damage and attack spell. Mending is a utility <laughs> spell. And then um, uh, Thaumaturgy is yeah. the Thaumaturgy and Prestidigitation are the spells that everybody tries to use for more than they can really do, uh, even though they are they are cool spells in and of their own right. So That, that did um, bring up a question I forgot to ask, unless Anthony wants to go first. No, I was just going to say those are also the spells that no one can say. Yes, it's true. <laughs> it's true. Preston is chasing yes, the They're the Giannis and Teta Kumpos of the spell world. <laughs> you are not wrong. God damn. But I, I forgot to ask while uh, Jazz was on, are cantrips supposed to be um, just kind of bluster and that they're not many of them have like uh, do any attack damage? Uh, they're like... Mending will fix the hole in the back of your pants when you gain a little weight from a big feast, uh, the Feast of Bahumat, for instance. So an answer to that question um, is no, but that's, I guess, one of the downsides of playing a cleric because you don't get the same list. We don't have the same cantrips to pick from. Like, I've got a bunch of uh, available damaging cantrips, but with you having a little bit more... I won't say more, but with your ability to have access no, to all the spells you do, you get less cantrips. It, it's definitely, uh, yeah, the cleric. So each class does have their own unique uh, list of spells to pick from when they're selecting what spells are available, whether it's p- copying them into a spell book or getting them from Jesus. Um, and the uh, the wizard uh, cantrips do have access to a broader range of combat oriented cantrips than clerics do, but clerics have a broader range of. I mean, guidance is a cantrip that you can use to add one d four to any one of your spell rolls. Is a uh, a, a um, is I'm sorry, this comment is absolutely. I'm sorry, I had to go. I am doing a great job on pulling up the the uh, the, the but Drake and I there's no way I missed that one, man. Um That's a good point. That is a good point. can we read it out loud? Uh don't don't need cantrips when you got hammers, bro. Um and uh, you know, I mean let's let's keep in mind uh Moyle didn't know he could cast spells for the first 5 episodes. Of the that's that's very true. And I built my character that's, around That's that. a lie. He charmed somebody in the no, first that's episode. Yeah, he did. <laughs> he did. <laughs> episode number 1, he charmed a stork look. Uh so no, was, that, was that 2? Was it? Uh, yeah, that no, was that, was, that was 2. Yeah, that was yeah, episode was 2 uh, okay. at the um and I think he even cast um uh ca- uh, ca- uh cause Inflict wounds. There was inflict. He did. He inflict yeah, in the first arc. Somebody, that was yeah. in the first arc. Which uh, that that is uh, something from previous editions where spells like cure wounds versus inflict wounds were one spell, but they were reversible, and so you had to know which spells were could be inverted as opposed to having their own individual spell listings, which was just a real pain in the ass in in old editions, because uh, create water and destroy water would it, anyway. Um, if you play them together, it just makes steam. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. if you uh, play them together, you can download uh, video games at a reasonable prices. Um, mm-hmm. Brought to you by Steam. Um, the uh, so clerics. Uh, the biggest difference I think between clerics and wizards, um, and really divine uh, casters and arcane casters is what spells you have to pick from when you're preparing your spells, right? Right. So, uh, Andrew, when you go to prepare your spells, you don't have a spell book. You just go to your list of spells. Right. And pick whatever you think is going to be useful for the next day, which with you has always generally included motivational speech, right? I think it can come in handy at any given point. Um because I always have motivational speech and charm person available. Charm person, if it's an individual, and motivational speech, if I need to rally a crowd. Well, charm spe- that, that'll be something that we touch on in a second, because charm person is actually a domain spell, which is another uh, unique uh, unique component to cleric spellcasting. So clerics, when they're preparing their spells, uh, wizards use intelligence. Clerics use, Andrew? Charisma. Wisdom. Charm. Wisdom. <laughs> Wisdom. Uh, uh, and you can prepare a number of, or you can uh, prepare a number of spells that are equal to your wisdom modifier plus your cleric level uh, with a minimum of one spells. Um, they have to be prepared for a level for which you have slots. For example, Something if you're a third level cleric, you have uh, four first level and two se- uh, second level spell slots. With a wisdom of 16, your prepared spell list can include six spells of first or second level in any combination. If you prepare the first level spell Cure Wounds, you can cast it at first or second level. Casting the spell doesn't remove it from your list of prepared spells, which actually answers that question that I asked. Is that, is that what upcasting is? Is when you go from uh, yes. first second? Okay. It's when you cast a first level spell at second level and you basically add another dice to the healing or damage that it does. Um so uh, you can change your list of prepared spells when you finish a long rest. Um, and again, you have access to all of the cleric spells plus a little bit extra. Um, uh, so we talked about wisdom being your spell DC. Uh, that's the same, or your spell casting ability. That rolls forward to your spell casting DC, which is eight plus your proficiency bonus plus your wisdom modifier and your spell attack modifier. Exact same rules as wizards, just using wisdom instead of intelligence, different attribute. Yep. Um, who wants to explain the difference between intelligence and wisdom real quick? Uh, wisdom comes with old age. Everyone knows that. <laughs> intelligence is knowing that a tomato is a fruit. Wisdom is not putting it in a fruit salad. There you go. <laughs> that's, that's that is one, one of the best, best, uh, best ones I have heard. Uh, so an, another big difference, uh, and again, this is where clerics can kind of get confusing, is immediately after you establish the rules of Here's how many spells I can know, and here's all the spells I get to pick from. You immediately break them because you pick a divine domain. What is Moyle's divine, divine domain? Uh, trickery. Correct. So as a trickery cleric, that means you get access to domain spells, um, which are spells that clerics don't normally have access to, uh, like Charm Person. And what's your other first-level domain spell? Um, that would be... Give me one second. Time's up. Can you give me two more seconds? I'm waiting for the internet. (laughs) Uh, It's uh, Guiding Bolt. Oh, Disguise Self. Sorry. Disguise Self. So, 
disguised self and charm person uh, aren't traditionally cleric spells. Like if you look on the cleric spell list, you're not going to see charm person and disguised self on there. They are spells that Moyle has access to as a, a, a trickery cleric, basically. Mm. Um, and uh, those are always prepared for free. So um, you going back to the previous example where a cleric, uh, a uh, third level cleric with a wisdom of 16 could have six prepared spells. Technically, they could have eight prepared spells because those the, that charm person and the disguise self are always considered prepared and don't count against your total of six in that example that you can uh, count from. Yeah. Um, so, that, that, I mean, and that's where... It, it spell casting can kind of get confusing and kind of one of the things that we want to talk about and pick this as a topic, knowing how many spells you can have and then how frequently you can use them when there's not like, hey, I can prepare two first level spells and I can cast two first level spells. That's not how it works. It's you can you could pick I could pick six first level spells and have first and second level spell slots and then use those second-level spell slots to cast first-level spells more powerfully. You're right, Tony. There's no way to avoid talking about upcasting when we're talking about this. It is an unavoidable topic. It is an inevitable fucking thing to do with. So, uh, uh, so that is kind of inherently confusing. Um, I could prepare nothing but second-level spells, but that means I'm not going to get to use my first-level spells because you can't downcast. This isn't WoW Classic you're not a fucking, you're not figuring out which level of dot to use on fucking Ragnaros. You are, you, you can't go backwards with spell slots. So I could cast my first level spell in a second level slot. I cannot cast my second level spell in a first level spot. So that's, that, that's what I think generally is a rule of thumb. Next, I think Druids might be a close second with this, makes clerics one of the more absolutely more versatile spell casting classes, but also one of the trickier ones for a new player to come in and kind of wrap their head around. I mean, that's, is that something you've been kind of jousting with a little bit Moyle or. I think if I picked any character, I would be struggling to figure it out. Uh, and that's, I think a pretty honest assessment. It's all the mechanics are new. I mean, I'm a very new player. Um, maybe it's best. If this really is the toughest and it's probably the best because I yeah. get my feet the wettest and uh, learn the, the most, the quickest. I, I will tell you as a, um, you could, I, I could see you kind of get, and, and this is, I cannot recommend this enough. Um, and it's not just to, once again, endlessly um, uh, plug our Patreon feed where the Tournament of Champions resides, where the guys go head to head in a PBV tournament uh, video content. That, uh, towards the end of that, I could really see you starting to grasp the different ways that, clerics can approach a situation that they're prepared for because you were starting to curate your spell list a little bit for your opponent that was coming up in the next round. And uh, that's definitely. And that speaks to the overall versatility of clerics. Like if a cleric knows that they are going into a stealth mode situation the next day, they can curate their spell list to prepare for that. If they know that they're going into a combat heavy scenario, they can curate their spell list to prepare for that. If they are supposed to be going into a stealth and they over prepare for that and then you guys abandon the stealth plan and abandon the other plan 
to romance your way through the gates and just decide to climb a wall and you didn't pick any spells that enhance a mage's climbing ability or didn't have the inherent ability to cast Featherfall, you could be fucked. But um, so it, you can you can kind of paint yourself into a corner a little bit um, as as the case may be. Um, Screw you guys. <laughs> I just want to know who's playing Zelda. That's Tony. That's Tony's that's uh, notification. X notification. Oh, that's awesome! Uh, yeah, it's it's a good one, um, and I know that because it's popped up on other streams. Uh, the uh, Jamie, do you have any questions about? We're gonna go, we're gonna do the roundabout. Uh, I think that Harley, did, did I? Do we feel like I missed any kind of general cleric spellcasting notes, guys? Before we go to the questions, did we talk about where they get their power? Um, that we, we didn't necessarily. Where, where does Moyle get his power? Moyle gets his power um, from religion. He's not. He yeah. doesn't have arcane um, magic, so to speak. He's a. Uh, what do they call it? You just said it. Cleric. He's a cleric. No, Divine no, no, no. caster. Divine, Divine caster. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. No, I, and, a, he's not a monk. He's a cleric. <laughs> tomato. Tomato. Um. Tomato. Potato. Monk, monk fruit, uh, jack fruit. Oh, Jesus <laughs> but uh, his 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 god is Rala Shaz. Right. I guess uh, uh, every uh, cleric's um, domain, if they choose uh, divine, then they have a god associated with that. Yeah. And then from there, you can do your own homebrewing and decide how they appear. Yeah, there. I mean, there are some set deities and, and and domains and everything like that, but there's definitely some opportunity for some creative storytelling associated with that. So, um, so it, it from a broader extent, since the it, the cleric spells come directly from their deity of choice, uh, they don't have a spell book. They uh, basically pray or meditate on uh, on the you know, devoting their time to their God during their long rest and are granted the, uh, the spells, uh, that they need for that next day. So, um, which means that it's, they don't have to worry about, Hey, these are the six spells I have on my book. I can, I can pick what, you know, again, I can, I have that versatility. Um, but it also means that they don't get access uh, to that next tier of spell. Well, I mean, I guess that's true with, with wizards as well. If they can't put them in their spell book on, mm -hmm. until, um, until they can prepare them, that um, does. Um, it really does mean so the sky's the limit, kind of with no pun intended with it being gods uh, when it comes to the versatility of their of their spell casting. So, Jamie, any questions <coughs> about uh, clerics? Um, hmm. not really. Like I can't think of anything that isn't explained already from the wizard stuff that was kind of confusing me. Um, no. Okay. Uh, but Tony, same question. Second verse, same as the first. Uh, no, I think you answered my question. Uh, uh, Anthony, sorry, I started to call you Baba. <laughs> uh, no, no questions. I was trying to see if there was anything else I wanted to bring up. Um, and I don't think so. Uh, I think things like channel divinity we'd probably go over with the cleric class. Yeah, there and again there are all the spellcasting classes and we'll touch on it uh, if we get to them in time. We'll touch on it with sorcerers and warlocks cuz it's you kind of have to, but there are um, there are other 
class abilities that enhance the spell casting of the individual classes. Um, and then there's the, the subclasses and specializations that go even deeper than that. Jazz, any clear questions or comments? Um, so I, as we were kind of talking about when we were coming into the, this part of it, we were talking about really trying to break down the differences between clerics and wizards. Um, one thing that I did see or that I feel like kind of points out more of the difference is that if you look at the available spells to a cleric at first level, they only get 15. Now they immediately have the knowledge of all 15 of those spells at that level. Whereas yeah. the wizards only get, like you said, that six at the start off with, but right. they're a potentially available first level spells just out of the PHB is like 30. Right. Right. So like, their potential versatility versus what clerics have is so much greater if they're, you know, given that opportunity, which is why wizards can become like right. ridiculous. Right. Oh, and there's there's also a overall class balance consideration and and kind of use consideration. And again, this gets muddied a little bit depending upon which domain that you go into. But clerics obviously have the ability to wear uh, medium armor, and um, depending upon which domain they pick, may have access to martial weapons. They are a little bit tankier. Than your average and then your average wizard, they're certainly not as squishy as wizards. Um, their spells tend to hew more towards healing and utility and support. Although they certainly have, depending upon which domain you pick, access to very very damaging spells. Um, so that's you know that's the interesting thing with clerics in five e. And kind of throwing back to two, I, you know, I most of my referential stuff is two E because that's where I spent the bulk of my time before five E was um, the different like clerics um, in um, in two E didn't have an inherent domain, but they didn't have any of the other extra abilities. They basically were uh, fighters with maces and a different spell list than wizards, um, priests, which were uh, kind of a class that got more fully realized down the road as the uh, additional source books came out had those uh, kind of uh, divine um, uh, the divine domain abilities that you used to channel divinity before and that's kind of gotten mashed together in 5e um, clerics have always been um, and this is funny coming from a, a militant atheist clerics have always been one of my favorite character classes uh, to play just because of their versatility and, and the different stuff that they can do um, but uh, the uh, they are they are friggin' incredible in 5e um, so they've only gotten even better as the uh, as the uh, class has has gone on and yeah great great point from DM Drake clerics can lose uh, their access to magic if they fall out of favor with their gods similar to the uh, if Moyle chose to abandon Rolashaz, Rolashad could choose to never give him spells anymore um, uh, if, if he were to go that direction. Which, uh, moving us down the list, brings us to Druids. Um, and I'm glad we've got Tony here. Uh, Tony um, is... Uh, there's, there's a lot of crossover between clerics and Druids mechanically, right? Yeah, I think so. Um, I, think, I think Druids are much more... Uh, Utilitarian, I guess. They, they mm -hmm. have a lot more. They're, they're a lot more versatile mm -hmm. than than clerics because they can do they can do some decent damage spells, but they're also really good at healing. But they can also do some stealthy stuff in the woods. And like uh, Kigalor is is a shepherd of the druid, uh, and or druid of the shepherds. And and one of the reasons I took it is because he could he could talk to animals all the time. Uh, I really love the totems, especially like the unicorn or the bear, always come what, in handy. 
and that's a, that's like do, clerics pick their divine divine domain at first level, and, and we're getting into some subclass stuff here, gang. Uh, just very briefly, but druids, when do they pick their circle? Is it? It's not first level. It's not until second. It's is second. It? Okay. Second. Yeah, okay. yeah. So, so similar to the way that priests pick a a, a deity, which then has a kind of divine divine domain or sphere of influence, like trickery or tempest or war. Um, you know, think your think your Greek pantheon. Zeus was lightning. Uh, Poseidon was the seas. Hades or Hades uh, was uh, was the underworld. That's uh, that's kind of similar to those divine domains. You see, druids are very specifically nature and nature oriented. You see some. Uh, you see um, their spell lists kind of reflect that. Um, the uh, you guys use the uh, same spell casting ability as clerics, right? It's wisdom. Yes. All right. You guys have the same spell preparation rules as well. Like you guys prepare. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, we 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 you know we have access to all the spells you know at first level, um, and and we can prepare, you know. So if if I had three first level spells, I could prepare three first level spells, and then if I only wanted to cast one spell three times, I can do that. Yeah. Right. Probably the um when you, when you're looking at the player's handbook, the one thing that kind of stands out or is its own kind of unique thing for druids is that sacred plants in woods that a druid holds certain plants to be sacred, particularly alder, ash, birch, elder, hazel, holly, juniper, mistletoe, oak, rowan, willow, and yew, which makes it sound like they hold all fucking uh, wood to be sacred. I mean, that's a we pretty long wood. list, guys. I mean, that uh, we love lamp. Um, oh, druids love wood. We love lamp. Uh, druids uh, often use such plants as part of their spellcasting focus, incorporating lengths of oak or yew or sprigs of mistletoe. Um, and then it talks to you being able to use like wooden shields and stuff like that, which is, you know, again, in older editions, you'll see like the weapons that um, druids had available to them had to be like you could do sickles, like you could do like a kopesh. There was like weird limitations, which I don't think um, that's another thing that I really like about 5e, the simplification of, of between uh, the way that they classified the weapons going going forward. Right. So, um, And then a lot of uh, the other things that make druids unique isn't just the spell casting. It's they also have a bunch of other druidy yeah, powers like they can turn into, turn into animals different too. animals. The, the, none of that uses spell slots, though, right? Correct. If we're just talking about it's, spell it's, casting it's, purely, druids are almost in some ways a more nature oriented cleric. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Right. Mm. Cool. Uh, Moyo, you got any druid questions? Uh, no. Jamie? Um, hmm. I had one, I like lost it when you asked. <laughs> All right. We'll come back around. If you jerk store it, pop it up. Uh, Anthony? Right. Uh, no questions, but just a comment of like, I think druids are the only ones who kind of have spells that like you can only do outside and stuff like that, like that are kind of. That's true. Yeah. That kind of mix into that type of inside, outside, or uh, you need trees to be around or something like that. Like they have right. yeah. uh, unique stuff going on like that with their spells. And uh, like call lightning, for example, is one of the ones that uh, again, come on, turn to my champions. Um, like it does X amount of damage, X amount of damage if you're outside, and like a third higher tier of damage if it's on a stormy day, right. which um, that is one of those things where it's like, you know, I think that's a great 
storytelling concept. It's also a great way to have your player constantly asking what the fucking weather is like, which as a DM will get real fucking frustrating really quickly. Um, so personally, like I try um, when I'm DMing in those situations and, and yeah, this kind of this, you know, obviously some of that stuff is in there for character balance considerations, but it's like, dude, I'm not, you know, if, as long as, it's not completely mind bending or game breaking. We're going to find a way to, to conform that nature requirement to you being able to play that, that character if they're in a city or on a boat or whatever the case may be. So um, cool. Then that's going to bring us to our first hybrid class, the Rangers. Wait, Jamie, wait, Jamie I, like I, I did have a question yeah. uh, that was about more of a specific, specific ability of Druids. So like Druids can shape shift uh, mm-hmm. and like, a lot of spells have a verbal component. Does that limit like your ability to cast spells when you're shape shifted? Like, can you only yeah. cast verbal verbal spells like when you're a human, or can you do right. it when you're a bear and growl or whatever? Yeah, unless unless the creature you shape into can speak the language yeah. you speak, you're kind of toast. Gotcha. And that's the other thing, you know. I mean, at lower levels, obviously, when you shape shift, it's you know your your challenge rating that you can choose from is very low. Um, you know. So you know, well, one quarter challenge rating. So I'm a I'm a B. Yay! You know, it, it hey, man, that's, that, well, I think I don't think you can even do a B because bees can fly and technically you can do anything. <laughs> oh, you're right. Can't fly. Too. Can't fly yeah. totally. Can't you fly. can do a cricket. Yeah. You can do a fucking cricket. Right. There's just one caveat to that because I think it like it's like eight, seventeenth, eighteenth, eighteenth level. Um, they gain the ability to cast in yeah. wild shape. Right, because you can't cast at all in wild shape before. You yeah. can maintain a spell that you cast before there wild shaping, but yeah, you cannot cast right. a spell. So, and that's that gets into concentration rules. Um, so, uh, which we're going to try and touch on. Um, Shiz Kicker, and this is a good question. Are druids uh, limited to only be able to cast if they're in contact with the earth? I, d- I don't believe that's the case. No. Um, no. And, but Unless the spell um, specifically says yeah. so. There are, I think there are some really powerful spells that are gated specifically because of that. But as a as an overall design perspective, I'm not a huge fan of you creating an incredibly powerful and incredibly cool spell that players don't ever get to use or have to really engineer a very, 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 very specific set of environmental circumstances. So um no, Schuskiger, they they um they aren't uh, in the current edition tied to that, you know, um, it'll be interesting to go back to, um, and, and I think at some point we do class deep dives where we look at the differences between the classes, between editions and stuff. Um, I think at some point there may have been that restriction. Um, I know it used to be a lot tougher, like first edition, there were really weird rules for being oh, a yeah. druid. Um, becoming a bard in first edition was insane. Um, like Cavalier. Yeah, oh, you, just, you, you just carry around pocket sand and you'll be all right. You'll be all right. Just carry on pocket sand. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, there's there's a there is a spoiler hidden in that for what's coming up with you guys in a couple of sessions that I will I will not get into. Sometimes, man, it is so tempting not to read read ahead for y'all. Uh, so, but let's hit on our first hybrid class. And what I mean by hybrid class, and this is a little bit of MMO terminology. Uh, when I say hybrid class, is a, a hybrid class when you talk about game design for like MMOs generally refers to a class that it combines uh, the components of a melee class or a, a class that can use heavier weapons and heavier armor is engineered to engage in in melee combat or hand-to-hand combat um, with a class that can cast spells and is typically seen as a a, a, a range class. Um, we have a couple of those in D&D, uh, rangers, paladins, and 
bards uh, would be the biggest ones that come to mind. But And we're going to hit on rangers now because we have a ranger in the party, uh, specifically uh, Eldrin Thaneros. So um, you don't have cantrips, right, as a ranger? Nope. Okay. So you, but you got a bow. So you can, I have you a bow, can, you can so I can, I can do damage with that. And you don't even get access to spellcasting until second level. Right. Right. So you can, like, first level as a ranger, no spells. It's something that you kind of grow into. And I think paladins are, are, are the same way. Um, yes. You also, uh, uh, spells known column on the ranger table shows when you learn more ranger spells of your choice. Um, basically, at uh, the first time you get it, you know two first-level spells of your choice. So you get to pick two when you finally do get access to it, but you can only cast one at a time. Um, so you don't have that spell preparation component that Jazz and Moyle have because you also dramatically know a lot of fucking less spells. Yeah. So there's not a real big conversation of like, mm, what does tomorrow, what does today bring? Because it's like, oh, well, I can fucking use a little right laser sight on somebody and I can desperately attempt to do, uh, what is the mat, thorn mat that you keep trying to do? What is it? Um, <laughs> spike growth. Spike growth. There it is. Fuck um, spike growth. Uh, thorn mat. Thorn mat. <laughs> I like that. Oh, that's, that's what it is. God damn it. Um, that's, that's some hot yoga. Uh, there, <laughs> hey, it did get, it did turn uh, a uh, a round of the talk into a uh, a round of the floor is lava for a certain character <laughs> who may or may not be in this, this stream right now. Shut up. <laughs> so, uh, so because you've got access, I mean, because you're hell with a bow, you've got access to a lot fewer spells, and generally your spells tend to be more in line with supporting that combat ability, right? Yeah, so so a lot of spells are either like trying to hinder movement or uh, you know do some additional damage with your attack. But it's right. it's a lot of the not of them are a lot of direct damage you have to hit with your attack to to do the damage. But I think I think you're going to see a lot more bonus action spells. Yeah. In that list too. So uh, th now I think it's probably a good point to touch on. So spells when cast can be either cast as a action. Uh, as a full action in your turn in combat, or a bonus action, um, which is a bonus thing you get to do during your turn in combat. The caveat being you can't cast two leveled spells in a turn. So you can't cast a first level spell that's an action and a second level spell that's a bonus action. Like you couldn't cast, if you were a bard, uh, you couldn't cast Magic Missile, and which is an action, and then turn around and cast Healing Word, which is a bonus action. You, you can do two spellcasting abilities, but one of those has to be a cantrip. So if I cast a cantrip, that's an action. I can still cast Healing Word, which is a leveled spell as a bonus action. If I cast Magic Missile, uh, which is an action, I do not know off the top of my head a bonus action cantrip, but I know there's one. Oh, wait. No, nope, that's not it. Sorry. Um, so Hunter's Mark is probably the spell that you dip into most frequently, right? Yep. Uh, Wisdom is your uh, spellcasting ability? Correct. Uh, and that's pretty much it for, for, for ranger spells, right? Yeah, the, the worst thing is the decision of which spell to pick at those mm. leveling points. It, because I don't get to you know, make that choice every day. It's like yeah. an agonizing thing that I'll spend a week when we're like, Oh, we're leveling up soon. I have to like look and research right. 
what I want to pick, and it's excruciating. Well, and and this is something that I know Tasha's codifies for a lot of classes, and I I definitely support. Um, is uh, when you level up, if you've got a spell that you don't like, you can swap it out for for a different one. You know what I mean? And I think I'm not sure if that's in the base rules for um, for rangers. Uh, be- oh yeah, it, it is actually. Additionally, when you gain a level in this class, you can choose one of the ranger spells you know and replace it with another spell from the ranger spell list, which also must be a level for which you have spell slots. So even though you've got a much smaller uh, repertoire to, to uh, have at access to at any point, um, you still have spell slots that you got to pick from. Moyle, any ranger questions? So you're saying that you can only add one spell every time you level up, assuming that that's a, that's a point where you can level up a spell. Yeah, it's usually like one each time you can pick one, but it might be more than one. I don't know. I haven't so looked far enough. It's yet. pretty. It's a pretty different mechanic than uh, jazz's and mine. Yeah, I'm stuck with it for a while. <laughs> yeah, it's a big difference. But wow. you also can wear heavier. I don't know if you have access to heavy armor as a ranger off the top of my head, but I know you've got definitely access to martial weapons. Um, you definitely take it easy, shift kicker. Thanks for coming in and asking a pretty cool druid question. We appreciate you joining us. Um, uh, the uh, the um, he's got other things that make up for that limited access. Um, uh, that uh, does that, he? <laughs> <laughs> Here's Ranger, a whole Ranger, Ranger's kind of guy. Ranger's kind of guy shafted, man. There's I'm a whole Ranger we don't have time to talk about it. Last deep dive thing. <laughs> I, I don't. Like we should though. I don't no, necessarily look. Like, if the guy who has to fucking deal with Eldrin's stupid ass fucking plus the hit bullshit, I, <laughs> I do not buy into the Rangers are underpowered debate because I'm like, fuck, I'm gonna have to come up with. I could do, but I could do the same thing as a fighter. You could, but <laughs> I don't need to be a ranger to do that. <laughs> could you do it uh, with as much style uh, as, as? Yes, because uh, I can action surge and do it and attack four times in one turn <laughs> with the same plus nine to hit. <laughs> not with Hunter's Mark and the extra D six. It's four more, two more attacks. Yeah, no, I got you. you no, you can, you can, yeah. do, you can. You again, that kind of gets into the build uh, aspects of it. But again, yeah. rangers are more than just their their attack. There's yeah, class and, and the new rangers, as far as uh, when they added, started adding on after PHB, have I've gotten a lot better. Yeah. The new subclasses yeah. are a lot better than what was in PHB. Well, I, it's it, and again, we're going we're going deep into the spell true, or true, class true. mechanics. Yeah. The, to me, the right. biggest turning point for rangers was the normalization of offhand attacks being accessible to anybody without any major penalty. Um, that was one of the distinguishing class characteristics in previous editions. And when you make that access to everybody without giving them something else to make up for it, yes, it's going to make them seem a little bit watered down, but we're getting, uh, we're getting pretty deep into our time limit. So we want to kind of burn through our other classes. Um, We're going to hit Paladins next. Two reasons. One, very similar to Rangers. Two, we actually have a Paladin on the panel here, which is Tony who played Marhalt on Friends and Flayers. Uh, so Tony, I'm going to direct these at you. Paladins, hybrid spellcasting class, right? Mm-hmm. Similar to Rangers, they don't get it until second level. Um, right. Big difference is this is the first one that we've talked about where the spellcasting ability is different, which is for Paladins, it's divine charisma. 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 Oh, oh, yeah, charisma. yeah, yeah, yes, charisma. Uh, yes. Which uh, charisma is um, historically a dump stat in previous editions. Right. <laughs> it's like our yes. characters are all kind of assholes, right? Um, they are all ugly as fuck. They're just 
beefy, beefy motherfuckers. Um, so with uh, with fifth edition, and again, I, this may be in three, five, and four, right now off the top of my head, um, they've actually tied certain uh, spellcasting classes to charisma as their prime attribute. Prime attribute is definitely a holdover from previous editions, uh, a term. Um, where so you're so with charisma as your spellcasting deal, um, it is what determines your spell save DC and your spell attack. Um, probably the biggest thing between paladins and any other hybrid class is they've got an extra way they can use their spell slots which would be the divine smite divine smite right. yeah so talk, talk a little bit about divine smite so you, know, you can when you get to what is it, second level yep you can choose to use divine smite which adds extra damage to your attack uh, for and so it, it can get it to what 5d8 it's 2d8 for a first level spell slot plus right. a d8 for each spell higher than first to a maximum of 5d8 um, plus an additional 1d8 if it's an undead or a fiend undead, to right. a maximum of 68. So you can you can burn off your spell slots as just extra whoop ass on a right. spell as you as you kind of get into it. So yeah, um, I, think, other, I, I think the biggest the biggest thing for paladins and one of the reasons I like playing them because just as far as the spell casting goes is because I can tank mm -hmm. and you know I can wear the heavy armor and and I can be up front and I can still you know do some healing if I need to or you know kick some ass you know they're not as they're not as you know useful you know off the off the battlefield I don't think as they are no, but they, they do have, so they prepare spells in a way similar to clerics, right? right? They don't, they're not like rangers where they only have the one or two that they pick, but unlike clerics, um, you choose a number of paladin spells equal to your charisma modifier plus half of your paladin right. level. So where clerics are their wisdom modifier and uh, plus their, their uh, class level and wizards are intelligence plus their class level, you actually divide your class level in half and add it to your charisma modifier, which is again where that stat comes into comes into play. And yeah. so and that the nice thing about fifth edition is that as a paladin, I no longer beholden to any god. I can I can serve, you know, whatever I feel is the need. Yeah, but there, there's, and again, this is gets into some subclasses. Right. There are the, there are the oaths, which are officially the subclasses, and there are certain restrictions that come with that oath. And if you violate that oath, you can then potentially be an oath breaker. And there's a whole, again, uh, we will, man, we got to do some class deep dives <laughs> up next, which I'm glad. So, guys, starting next month, um, the DM's planings are going to one week out of the month, and the other three are going to be some more creative content. Um, and it's so that we can spend those three or four weeks prepping for it to do a real hard deep dive on on some of the other topics um, and really kind of get into some of the nitty-gritty because we do want to keep these at about an hour and a half max. Um, so when we're kind of doing these general broadcasts, we do kind of kind of keep it overall simple. Um, and for some of you guys, this is obviously no you know, for especially for any of your experienced uh, uh, people who follow the podcast who are experienced players, some of this is is no shit. But um, we do obviously have some people that are that are new. Um, and as a podcast that is made up of brand new players who experienced players, we try and hit all the bases. Um, so there's uh, two other classes we've got on here: sorcerer and warlock. We'll, we'll do them in alphabetical. Um, 
Yeah, do we have to talk about bards? I guess we'll fucking talk about bards. All right, uh, we'll do bards last. Cause man, fuck those horny bastards. Um, <laughs> what? Uh, 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 so uh, let's do sorcerers. Um, and uh, sorcerers are, um, are are an arcane caster. They uh, the difference between a sorcerer and a wizard is um, an event in their past uh, 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 and or in the life of a parent or an ancestor infused them with arcane magic as a font of magic, um, whatever its origin is, and that's part of their kind of subclass pick. That's what fused their fuses their spells. So um, they have cantrips like a wizard. Um, they have uh, spell slots to cast their spells. Um, to cast one of those sorcerer spells, you have to expend a slot. Um, for example, if you know the first level spell, Burning Hands, you can cast it at first or second level. Um, the spells known column of the sorcerer table shows when you learn more sorcerer spells. So similar to a ranger, as you level up, you gain access to more um, uh, more sorcerer uh, more sorcerer spells. And additionally, when you level up, you can swap them out. Um, Charisma is their spell spellcasting ability, similar to uh, to. Pallies. Um, the uh, the biggest difference for them is sorcery points. Um, they have an additional resource on top of spell slots, um, which allow them to cast their spells in a different way. Um, like um, the uh, and they can actually convert those points into spell slots, um, but they can cast spells where they enhance the range um, and cast them where they do additional damage, um, where they're, they're quick, they can quicken spells. So there's a whole slew of sorcerer abilities that they can use the secondary resource to, um, to uh, buff up uh, their, their spells. Anything you guys want to hit on on sorcerers specifically? Um, so the one thing I want to talk about with sorcerers is the fact that the way they really differ from the wizards being that they're both arcane casters is that they get that they get that knowledge limit because of their spells being inherent to them right right so although they have the same uh, number of spell slots that they get to use throughout the day they get far less spells to be available to them like they only know two spells at level one whereas the wizard has the six and then they cap out i think at like 15 and as we talked earlier wizards can you know potentially have all the spells yeah. um so um. yeah that's that that the the base level of resources that they've got to them is uh is a lot <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta pull that up sorry you gotta are we like a drink yeah. is this one yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, hold on. I got. We're gonna throw up Wendell's uh, comment as well. Uh, uh, the uh, uh, so have we got time to address the controversy, the, the controversy uh, behind sorcerers? Are we not doing that, uh, Anthony? Uh, since that's your brother, I'm gonna assume you know what he's talking about. Yeah, he's talking about the coffee lock. The um, you leave the what? coffee lock alone, damn it! <laughs> Somebody's gonna have to tell me what the hell that is. Yeah, so, so, explain that the, one. So the coffee lock, and I make sure I, uh, I, it's basically where the sorcerer warlock multiclass uh, can short rest and exchange sorcery points for spell slots, and then basically have this infinite spell slots every short rest. Is it is is the just kind of simple rundown of it without going into each mechanic? But yeah, they yeah. can just 
just short rest and infinitely get spells back. There's, um, and that I think is one of the uh, the differences is those sorcery points are recovered uh, on a short rest as opposed to, um, so it, it, they have, and those sorcery points then can be turned in because one of the other things sorcery points can do besides enhance a spell is produce additional spell slots. Um, no, we are not going to go into <laughs> the depth of uh, the uh, all the potential of either sore locks, which I've heard of, or coffee locks. Um, although that is absolutely something that we might address in role play versus role play, uh, which is our uh, show that we've got coming up next month where we will create, uh, we will pick a character class or multi-class combo and somebody will do a min-max version of it and somebody else will do a story-oriented fo- version of it. But um, I, I just want to say this one thing since I know he's here. You, you kill my character, that's the next thing coming up. I actually have one dialed up waiting to go. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> uh, Wendell's got a lot of, um, owes, owes a lot to Fate's characterization as a stark coward on our podcast <laughs> because when, uh, when Jazz came in, playing it i was like this dude has either got some serious trauma in his past playing DD, or he's playing the best coward that i have ever seen role playing in the history of role play and i think it's a little of both and not to knock jazz's characterization he does a fantastic job as fate and has really developed him over the uh, the span of the episodes but first coming in i was like man show me on the player's handbook where he hurt you <laughs> Show me. Some <laughs> deep scars, which, again, as a fellow DM, tip of the hat to you, sir. For you to leave that much of an impression on your players is the mark of a great dungeon master. Um, all right. So we're going to move on to uh, Warlocks. Uh, the uh, the hot topic spellcaster. Uh, Warlocks, uh, 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 unlike. <laughs> Um, unlike uh, sorcerers who are just born with it, warlocks promise uh, themselves to a, uh, a, uh, a exterior source, not a god, but either uh, a Cthulhu or a devil or an archfey. Um, there's another podcast that um, I have been playing a, a warlock on uh, in uh, that's in pre. I don't know if we're ever coming out with an episode. We, we've, we've done a bunch of them. Uh, hey guys. Uh, so uh, we'll, hopefully one comes out eventually. Uh, but where I play a warlock that I've had a real uh, blast with it. Um, warlocks do have, they have the similar slot mechanic to sorcerers. They have, um, again, kind of a limited spell pool. Um, they have. There's a crossover a little bit with some of the domain spells um, with uh, like, for example, with clerics have domain spells, gives them access to spells they may not normally have access to. Um, Warlocks have something similar um, with their patron or, or their packed spells. The biggest difference there is they're not automatically prepared like a domain spell is for a cleric. You still have to prepare them uh, as a warlock. Um, they are actually, I'm sorry, I don't even remember if warlocks do spell preparation um, off the top no, of my head. they don't. Okay. Um, so, but anyway, uh, the uh, the biggest difference with warlocks is they don't, they, they just, they have spell slots and whatever they're casting on their spell slots is the max level they can cast at. So, uh, warlocks uh, have a scaling power uh, indicator when you look at their 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 chart that goes up as they level up, and if I am a warlock of a certain level, my spells are cast at third level. 
it means I am always casting them at third level, whether I like it or not. I cannot downcast. I cannot upcast. That mm-hmm. is what I do. Um, the other piece of Warlock uh, magic is Eldritch Invocations, which I think are really cool. Um, they are um, a, a secondary spell mechanic that can either be a spell that they don't normally have access to that they can cast using a spell slot or it can be an at will ability or it can be an, a, a beefed up familiar there's a lot of variety that warlocks can get into um, including the hex mechanic with the hexblade warlock so warlocks are a almost a hybrid class in a lot of ways they they are ones that like the the sorcerers kind of made sense to me um because i remember when wild magic came in in second edition i was like okay these are wild magic wizards with a different flair to them um warlocks were really new to me coming into 5e and uh that's one reason why i played it on this other podcast because like man this is something that i think i at, at first glance looks really underpowered but as you dive into some of the eldritch invocations have some really cool shit that you can do with it um and certainly yeah. as we've discussed here can you can combo into some cool stuff and they get um eldritch blast which is probably yep. one of the best cantrips yeah. or one of the best attack cantrips yeah it's a d12 damage right no it's, it's d10 10, but 10, it 10, okay. but it, it grows uh yeah and you can, it grows and can hit multiple targets and things like that and well. they have eldritch indica- invocations that buff it up like there's one that Correct. makes its range like 600 Three, feet. Yeah, 300, 300 feet. Yeah, feet yeah. stupid. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, um, it's base attack. It rages as 120 feet, so it's got a long yeah, range. So mm-hmm. Eldritch, like, that's kind of a running meme with Warlocks is what do you do? But there's a reason for that because it, it's pretty damn good. Um, I, of course, picked um, the one that gives me the ability to cast uh, Disguise Self at will because it's just the ability. You just, it's just how ridiculous fun you can have with that. Um, and no. then... Um, as a person who very briefly played a warlock, I probably should have used Eldritch Blast more. My warlock might still be alive. <laughs> is this another character Wendell is killed? Is this is this what you? Uh, that one was more on me. No. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was in that campaign though. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the first story I think I ever heard about Jazz playing D&D was about one of his characters being, dying. Um, and that I think in that same came on. <laughs> So, uh, does anybody else want to, anything they want to say? Warlocks, basically, warlocks and sorcerers are arcane casters, which are an arsh, arc. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. Uh, Thank uh, you for that uh, in the chat. Offshoot of, um, the, uh, uh, of the wizard class that um, have limited resources, but other mechanics that kind of build onto it, whether it's the metamagic or the, um, the Eldritch invocations. Bards um, are well, another. Before, before, before we go to Bards, I think okay. it's also important to say that Warlocks, a lot of how they play as far as cast heavy or combat heavy is in their subclasses as well. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah, true. And, they, and, they can lean in either direction. Yeah. Depending and that, on the subclass. And that's something that I definitely will want to will want to dip into. And man, there are, there are some really fucking cool subclasses that have come out with Kasha's, um, both for the Sorcerer and the Warlock, um, and some cool magic items that specifically speak to it. There's an item that Jazz gets uh, in a, in the podcast um, that's technically a Warlock item that I said, fuck it, this is too cool just to ever be a Warlock item. We're going to let Fake get his hands on it. Um, Burn it all down. So that um, is... Uh, uh, it's, it's not another talking item. I couldn't deal with uh, Echo and Baggy and, <laughs> and uh, Fate. And if Fate ever casts Find Familiar, fuck me. Uh, but uh, uh, 
because then I got to go. Well, I may make somebody else on the podcast voice fates familiar if that's the case. Um, the uh, uh, but um, or fate himself voice fates familiar. Um, I got to talk to myself. That'd be fun. Sorry. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. I've then you wouldn't be a warlock. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> uh, so uh, bards are um, a uh, a. a a class, another hybrid class, who uh, are a combination of rogue slash spellcaster. Traditionally, um, they have access to a broader range of uh, abilities, um, but then they also have, um, they do have cantrips, which is interesting because um, uh, some of the other hybrid classes, uh, specifically rangers, don't. Um, they have spell slots. Um, they uh, get spells at a level up. Um, I think they have a little bit they're, they're another charisma based caster um, and they can do ritual casting um, yeah I think I think they're they're treated as a pure caster in in 5e in the sense yeah. that they start with spells yeah. the other hybrid uh, the two main I guess kind of hybrid yeah. classes don't start with their spells no that's true yeah that's true they absolutely do um, but th- to balance that out they don't um, they have they generally are, are have, squishy Squishier, yeah, mm-hmm. they have a lower hit die um, and access to um, uh, weaker armor and weapons, typically. Um, mm-hmm. Although, again, you can certainly work your way out of that depending upon which subclass you pick. Um, and you gotta that, love their buffs. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean that's and that's the other thing too is we we haven't talked about other class abilities at all. This was really just to talk yeah. about spell casting, general abilities, and the difference between the two. Um, and, and and really, you know. The, the hardest thing, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong on, on my newer players, to wrap your head around for the spellcasting mechanic is the, the spells you have access to versus spell preparation versus spell slots, right? I can have six spells ready, but I can cast three in a certain way and sometimes make them more powerful. So I can, ca- I can memorize... Uh, or, or I can prepare and memorize is, is again what they the term that was used for uh, wizards in, in earlier editions so that's what I was going to default to and now it's just ger- generically prepare um, you uh, you that that differential between what you've got available and or what your the sum total of your knowledge is right. versus, versus what you choose to make available for a day right. versus how you use it yeah. Uh, yeah, as far as like upcasting versus, yeah. and then the, I would say that's the biggest thing. And just under that is um, like how available it is exactly mm-hmm. because it's like um, once you are able to put in third level spells, uh, and then you only get, you get, you can't just use all your spell slots. Right. Third level or whatever it is or it's not even even anymore right it's like yeah four three two yeah yeah it, you've got to balance out that um and this is where despite the fact that i love um having the hard copy books for any new player anybody playing with new players i do highly recommend the investment in D beyond because right. um since we because i play a home game with my kids my my son um, is in an elementary, my daughter's in high school, um, and my wife is playing. They're all first-time D&D players. They all three picked a, a spellcasting cl- – well, no, I, the, my daughter played a monk her first time around. My son played a cleric. My wife played a bard. Um, 
you know, them learning that mechanic was challenging in and of itself that when we switched to, when we kind of rebooted and did some new first level characters to play um, uh, Salt Marsh, um, the, uh, they, we, but I had already invested in D&D Beyond for the podcast. So, you know, I did it for you guys, but then my family benefited from it since there are play testers. Um, it's been a way, way simpler process for them because you can go on to D&D Beyond and go, okay, here's, it creates that, it forces that context for you as opposed to somebody who's just trying to push it through with what the player's handbook says. So. The one, uh, the one I did, I, I was, I forgot to mention, but yeah, you're right. D&D Beyond makes it so much more helpful because we were using Roll20 before for everything. And it makes the yeah. mechanics more understand. It doesn't necessarily make understanding what spells to use, you know, picking them day to day and all that sort of stuff. But the actual mechanics, yeah. the the scaffolding of it makes it so much easier. And the yeah. one, but the, the one other thing I would add though, is we've gone over it a thousand times during this stream is mm-hmm. how I'm like, Oh, fifth level, fifth level spells. No motherfucker. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's one of the things where I wish they would use a different naming convention for the spell slots and the level. You know what I mean? So if I'm level five, I, that gives me access to B tier spells. Like, like I think even doing that helps cut through some of the confusion. Instead of saying first, second, third level, fourth, fifth level spells, you said tier A, tier B, tier C, tier D, tier E spells. If you balance, if you contextualize that way, that creates a a, a numerical separation, um, because that's I think part of is what the challenge when you're thinking about availability of spells versus preparation of spells is since they're again just more numbers mashing together, it gets it gets super confusing. For sure. So, and and you know it's never been. I don't believe, and this is something that I will have to now go back and cross-reference, but I don't think it's ever been the case other than first level <laughs> that there's been a direct correlation between your spell level and your spell access, right? You mean like in earlier editions? Yeah, in er- did, did anybody come remember? Because I mean, know? even... I, don't think I, don't, so. I think you're right. Yeah. So that's just... Yeah, spell level's always... It's, it's only... Spell level's always topped out at nine. Right. So. Yeah, it's always only <laughs> ever gone up to nine. So, I mean, other than the ease of saying level one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, um, that's something that had the choice been made, even just a Roman fucking numeral, like back in the... Like, even if there was just something that created that cognitive separation between this is my character level and this is the spell level... I think it makes it a little bit easier to to it, to kind of observe. It feels like it feels like freshman, sophomore, junior, senior. Yeah, I mean, even if you, yeah, I mean, no matter, um, like, if you like threw it over to like the first level spells are Fast and the Furious one, uh, and then the second level spells are Fast and the Furious two. I mean, again, that's still numbers. I guess you would. I, I would say the probably the best thing they could go with is using like the old um, what's the, the like the Greek um, references. So like yeah. you know like. Alpha, Whatever. alpha, beta, yeah. and then make it like level Greek nine, be like omega. Yeah, Greek alpha that exactly. Back yeah. to Giannis yeah. again. Well, and just <laughs> the, the just the fucking sheer badassery of saying I've got access to omega level spells. Um, I like see, I not, like that. It sounds so anime. Not to, you, well, this is too, I was you know it's funny because I was like oh we could have S class spells and I was like oh it's above A. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. It was, I cast a, Omega Wish. <laughs> <laughs> I cast your light wounds at the Omega level. 
October 9,000. Or Super Saiyan. We could have Super yeah, Saiyan exactly. 3. You know, he's, Although oh, then look, you're at numbers again. Oh this my is, God. He's casting Magic Missile in its final form. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's just Eldritch Blast. It's just Eldritch Blast. Right. 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 Eldritch Blast with extra steps. Yeah. So, uh, uh, does anybody, I think we are right at our, our 90 minute uh, limit, guys. Does anybody have anything else that uh, they want to hit on for spellcasting or add as a, as a final uh, one? <laughs> <laughs> you gotta bring it up. You gotta bring it up. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, right. uh, <laughs> I can't think on a better note to end on. <laughs> so, uh, we uh, thanks everybody for joining us. Um, hopefully, this gave you a little bit better of an overview of the different spellcasting classes. If you're new to Dungeons and Dragons, um, it, or at least you got a little bit of kick out of uh, us explaining it to ourselves once again, exactly how our characters work. Um, Streamlabs, don't give him a hard time for that. Guys, I apologize if you get a weird message from in, in Twitch because Streamlabs is overly moderating everything. Uh, we are looking at different streaming platforms. It's just we're currently using StreamYard, which is super easy to do. Um, but we're going to probably do Restream.io next time around. So if the next stream gets a little bit hinky, that's where we're, we may try switching platforms. Uh, anyway, thank you for joining us, all of you, uh, especially our, our Patreon supporters. Absolutely, we appreciate you guys who uh, take the time to uh, help invest in the podcast and allow us to provide uh, bigger and better content. Uh, you're, you you know, someday you'll we'll be able to afford a fully uh, and a full mocap suit for uh, the uh, for the Moyle Bear, so he doesn't look like he um, he's dosed out a little bit before uh, before the episode. Uh, well, how is that different than when he's playing? His no, it's character. It's character it's accurate. It's yeah, just, it's, it's character yeah. accurate. Um, that's character accurate. Uh, so um, we, uh, I think we'll talk a little bit about what's our, our, our next step, but um, we may probably, I think it's only fair to do melee classes probably next um, for our next kind of surface level one. Uh, but we'll bop that around, throw that out in the Discord. As always, if you guys have got a topic you would like to hear us talk about, feel free to hit us up on Twitter at GMDLcast, or if you're a Patreon in our Patreon uh, Discord, there is a little bin specifically for you guys to throw this stuff in here um we uh we're trying to do this in 60 to 90 minute bursts so um the uh that uh, limits how deep we can go on certain topics but um we definitely enjoy getting out here and getting in front of you guys to provide this content um we really appreciate you joining us we really appreciate your support and as always hope you enjoyed the show peace bye thank you